The Hamlet Podcast, episode 105. Hello and welcome to this exploration of Shakespeare's Hamlet with me, your host, Connor Hanrity. Last week's episode ended with one of the most intense cliffhangers we've ever had on the podcast, as Hamlet is busy haranguing his mother before he realises that someone else is in the room. That someone is, of course, Polonius hiding behind the arras. Perhaps unwisely, he shouts for help in response to Gertrude's panic. Who he's calling to is anyone's guess, but as he cries out, What ho! Help! 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 Hamlet realises that this intruder is behind the curtain and attacks immediately. He says, How now? A rat? Dead for a ducat. Dead. He stabs Polonius without even looking to see who it is. There's a lovely note in the Arden Shakespeare third series that suggests two separate proverbs that combine in Hamlet's cry of How now a rat? The first is the fairly obvious and common phrase I smell a rat. That phrase dates back at least as far as the Black Death when dogs could be relied on to sense the presence of a plague-bearing rat long before its fellow humans might. So to smell a rat is to detect something suspicious. Second is a more unusual one suggested in that incredible compendium called Shakespeare's Proverbial Language, which suggests that the rat betrayed herself with her own noise. If you didn't have a dog with a sharp nose, you could listen out because often rats squeak and identify themselves. Rats were presumably a fairly common feature of urban life in London, and Shakespeare's audience would probably have been familiar enough with the nuisance of hearing rats squeaking behind their curtains and having to deal with them. So Hamlet is quick to act here and kills this rat immediately, assuming that he is dead for a ducat. Dead. Either he's betting nothing more than a ducat that that person will have to be dead by the force of his blow... Or indeed, it is the paltry fee that he's going to get for having killed this person, whoever they may be. Polonius has given one final line, the rather awkward, Oh, I am slain. He dies and falls behind the curtain. Hamlet still doesn't know who it is, but he's fairly sure that it's Claudius he has killed. Gertrude responds as any of us might. She says, Oh me, what hast thou done? This is an understandable response to seeing her son kill someone, but could also have greater implications if it is regicide rather than common or garden murder. Hamlet himself isn't sure. He basically asks how bad it is, trying to ascertain how much trouble he might be in. Nay, I know not. Is it the king? He still doesn't know, and he hasn't checked. Bear in mind, of course, that as we go through this in our detail, we're going line by line and it's comparatively slow, but this plays very quickly on stage. Gertrude is dismayed and she has another exclamation. Oh, what a rash and bloody deed is this! It's been very impulsive of Hamlet to kill first before seeing who was there, and needless to say, the victim has died of at least one lethal stab wound, so it's safe to assume that there will be blood by now also. A rash and bloody deed it certainly is. Hamlet is still raging. Bear in mind that moments ago he had Gertrude screaming for her life. And this response is as vicious as his attack. A bloody deed. Almost as bad, good mother, as kill a king and marry with his brother. This is for me one of the most startling lines in the play. A bloody deed. His response to her comment, simple enough. He's now seeing the blood too. And now yet again he twists the other person's comment and flings it back. 
almost as bad, he says, and calls her good mother in one of the simplest and yet sharpest examples of antithesis you're ever likely to see in a Shakespeare play. Bad and good, back to back. Almost as bad as kill a king and marry with his brother. Keep in mind, Hamlet is fairly sure that it's Claudius that's wrapped up or slumped down behind the arras, however it's staged. So he is worked up and aware that he has probably just killed a king. But even worse is that he is insinuating that Gertrude killed a king and married with his brother. Is this what he came here to suggest? He's had his whole aria of rage earlier, all that Nero business, he whose mother was a shocking criminal herself, and drinking hot blood and so on. Ever since the mousetrap, it has been Gertrude that has somehow been the focus of Hamlet's fury, not Claudius. And perhaps this little scene is the reason why. He has suggested that Gertrude was in on the murder, and that she killed the king, and then, as we know, married with his brother. The Queen is absolutely shocked at this accusation, and all she can do is repeat it. As kill a king, I, lady, twas my word. Hamlet is quick to respond, making it very clear that this is what he meant to say. It's always very exciting when two characters share a line of verse like this, maintaining the rhythm and bouncing the thought from the one to the other. It's a simple trick, but it's always effective. It's only now that Hamlet has detonated this bomb of suspicion that he goes and checks on the body. He pulls back the curtain or uncovers the face and realises that it's actually Polonius. They've been such interesting sparring partners throughout, it's almost sad to think that the old meddler won't provoke any further brilliant responses from the prince. Hamlet gives him something of a eulogy. Thou wretched, rash, intruding fool, farewell. I took thee for thy better. Take thy fortune. Thou finds to be too busy is some danger. Wretched, rash, intruding fool. It's a rather perfect summation of Polonius, or at very least his weaker qualities. Hamlet acknowledges that he was aiming for Claudius. He says, I took thee for thy better. Considering Polonius's elevated position at court, there aren't many better than him, after all. Take thy fortune, Hamlet says. Accept your fate. This sounds a little brutal from the man who just stabbed him to death, but Hamlet qualifies it with a second line, saying, Thou findst to be too busy is some danger. It is rather dangerous to be such a busybody, such an intruding fool. Hamlet does not say he's sorry, just that he didn't really mean for it to be Polonius that died. He now turns back to Gertrude, who is presumably still rather upset and wondering what on earth to do next. Hamlet gives her her instructions. Leave ringing of your hands. Peace, sit you down, and let me wring your heart, for so I shall, if it be made of penetrable stuff, if damned custom has not brassed it so that it is proof and bulwark against sense. I'm always very interested when Shakespeare writes in little physical descriptions of what the character might be doing. Whatever wringing of her hands Gertrude might be doing, Hamlet tells her to stop it. Peace, he says, and he tells her to sit down because instead he is going to wring her heart. Now, wringing is a pretty violent action. I always think of the image of wringing out a wet piece of laundry, squeezing excess water from it. If Hamlet is about to do this to Gertrude's heart, even metaphorically, she might be in need of a stiff drink first. But, he says, he's only going to manage this if damned custom have not brassed it so that it is proof and bulwark against sense. 
he is only likely to make progress if damned custom, her current, as he sees it, terrible way of living, hasn't polished her heart or turned it brass so absolutely that it is entirely resistant to feeling. Proof and bulwark are military terms for arming and fortifying against attack. Hamlet is implying that Gertrude is very hard-hearted, even to the point of solid metal, and that she's sealed up, fortified against sense or feeling. Understandably, Gertrude has had just about enough of this attack from her too-much-changed son. Quite rightly, she asks, What have I done that thou darest wag thy tongue in noise so rude against me? Tempers really are flaring, but bear in mind Gertrude has been queen since long before Hamlet was born, and she is within her rights to question what makes him think it's all right for him to talk to her like this. What has she done that is so terrible that he feels brazen enough to be this rude to her? Well, he's already said, hasn't he? Hamlet has implied that she was involved in his father's murder. Mother, he said before Polonius's death, you have my father much offended. Amazingly, or frustratingly, or maybe even deliberately, Shakespeare does not really come back to this sensational accusation. There's no further discussion of Gertrude's involvement. Perhaps it is an angry flash in the pan, but given that the ghost did not mention her guilt when he laid everything out to Hamlet back in Act One, and indeed given her composure during the provocation of the player's performance, I mean, not even Lady Macbeth is as convincing in the face of such an upset as Gertrude would have needed to be. It's probably likely that she wasn't involved. So then, what has she done that he dares wag his tongue in noise so rude against her? Hamlet does have an answer ready, and we'll explore it in full in the next episode. The timing of this week's episode coincides with a new production of Hamlet that will be performing in Smock Alley Theatre in Dublin from tomorrow. Since this is the last episode in which Polonius will appear, or at any rate speak, I want to dedicate it to Jonathan White, who has been a great friend of the podcast, and who will himself be playing the wretched, rash, intruding fool this month. Here's wishing him and the entire company a terrific run of performances and broken legs in the coming weeks. Thank you as ever for listening, and for more information, show notes, and the full archive of previous episodes, you can visit thehamletpodcast.com. I'll speak to you next week.